Welcome back to the Me Sweet Podcast. I'm Donna Peters. Let's get in there. If you have been an avid listener of the Me Sweet Podcast, you know that I love to interview complex people. People who do not have a direct through line on their resume, people who have very varied experiences, because what I truly believe, each of us is unique and interesting and complex if you give us a chance to tell our story. And today is a beautiful example of just how complex a human being can be, and I mean complex in the most complimentary way. I am joined in the Me Suite today by Patrick Mosier. Patrick, by training, is a chemical engineer who somehow made his way into master's programs around human resource management and organizational communication, and then who somehow found his way into an almost 30-year career, what I call deep undercover in corporate America, as an expert in the area of workforce transformation. And as you will very soon learn, he embraces what I call spirituality. Do not hit the pause button and cancel the episode. Stick with me here because I promise you that this is going to be an interview with so many aha moments, and I am thrilled to be joined by Patrick Mosier in the Me Suite. Uh, Thank you, Donna. It's a pleasure to be here, and let's go. This is going to be great. So I want to remind people of my most memorable Patrick Mosier corporate America experience. Are you ready? Oh, no. <laughs> so I remember the first time I met you and you were frantically working on six, seven, eight different client projects at the same time. You were flying all over the United States and globally to serve these clients. And you and I were going to need to be working on something very closely. And you said to me these words, I know that you're going to need me at certain points in this project, but I am a cheetah <laughs> and you are going to have to hunt me down. and every time i think of you i think of the cheetah isn't that crazy oh that's so good yeah i remember now now that you say that i remember that it's like (laughs) he does a pretty darn fast too i mean it's hard it's hard to get that it's hard to chase him down from behind so yeah that's good see so i always think patrick Mosier, the cheetah uh but today you're going to show up as a very very different animal and probably not a cheetah so so let's get started you know in the me suite that i start with core values and i so much appreciate that you really turn this concept somewhat a 180 mm. could you share with us how you personally think about core values and what yours are yeah i i think about core values and and to your point i, I kind of flip those a bit and I think about them as core philosophies. Mm-hmm. And being an executive, I think it's really important to put your values out there. But what I love about these philosophies, they guide decisions, they help break down barriers, uh, they help me do a whole bunch of things. So uh, let me go into a, a couple of them that I have, my, yeah. my three main core philosophies, if yeah. you will. Yeah, examples would be very helpful. So, so the first one that I have is that I have that it's self-talk too. These things are really important for my own self-talk. Mm. Live 100% empowered. Okay. What that means to me is I'm not a victim of anything, anybody, mm-hmm. any circumstance. If a jet engine fell out of the sky right now and hit the building I'm on and killed me, it's like I chose to put myself right here so I am not a victim of that jet. Okay. But what's really important about that for me, live 100% empowered, is... It allows me to realize that I'm perfectly placed wherever I am, 
Okay. And and I'm I might be failing. It might be hurt. You know, it might be hurting me or whatever. But I, most important thing is to learn and to be in those situations. So so from that perspective, um, living 100 in power just prevents me from feeling like I'm a victim of things. I don't know. Let's say like a pandemic. Mm, heard of that. Right. So, so, so part of this is uh, I'm not, I'm not a victim of what, what happens with that. Mm. They're out of my control for sure, but, but I'm not a victim of this thing. And, and I have total control about my response. Mm-hmm. Uh, Covey in his, you know, landmark book talked about responsibility and our responsibility is our ability to respond to whatever's coming to us. And, and uh. that's what makes us human anyway. So, so that's my first philosophy is live hundred percent empowered. Yeah. Love it. The other two that I use mostly with folks is I consider the two obligations we have from cradle to grave. Mm. We only have two. There's all sorts of complex stuff. There's, you know, and you said being complex human beings and all that kind of stuff, but, mm-hmm. but really there's only two obligations we have. Mm. The first obligation is to take the superpower, your talent that you were born with, that's encoded in your DNA and make it better. Make okay. your, your talent better, hone it. And honing your talent means that you should have counseling. You should have therapy. You should have a coach. Mm. I love meditation, but you can't meditate yourself to honing that, that talent that you are. You need an outside source to sort of go like, yeah, Donna, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that's, you, you can't do it that way. Uh, yeah. and, and so I think we need that outside uh, influence. And I think about it as a jewel. It's like, you know, you need, you can polish it with a lot of stuff, but some of the times the hard things are the cutters, you know, cut thing and they knock off a hack off a big piece and you're like, Oh, that didn't feel good. But that's also part of making you more, you the talent that you are. So honing that talent continuously. So I, I call that learning deeply and continuously is okay. probably that philosophy. Okay. The third one and the second big obligation we have you have to rest your talent. So it's 100% when you put it in there. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying just run around like crazy all the time, but you also have to have some time to rest that talent so it's most effective when you put it in there. But you have to say yes when your talent is asked for. Mm-hmm. And so, and so because that's what, uh, honestly, I believe that that evolves our, our humanity, evolves our human race is by being the best we can be and then doing our life mission as, as effectively as we can. So- so those are the three, live 100% empowered, learn deeply and continuously, and shine boldly. Those are yeah. my three life philosophies. And those help me crash through barriers, guide decisions, and help me shine differently in the world. Yeah. So you right now are at the helm of, I'll call it an organization and a mindset and a mm-hmm. legacy mm-hmm. called Wisdom for Humanity. And today is your sixth anniversary of that. Congratulations. Woo. It's amazing. Yes. So let me start first with what is wisdom for humanity? I'm a person of words. Mm. And so uh, let me give you the definitions of those, and then I'll give you a little bit of, of what it means okay. uh, to me, what this movement is in the world. I think of it as a movement more than a business or an organization. Um, first of all, wisdom, the definition of wisdom and if you're listening to this, take out, bust out a journal and write this down. So many people don't write down <laughs> stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, so, so wisdom is the soundness of act or decision mm-hmm. based on knowledge, experience, and good judgment. Okay. 
So, so wisdom is the soundness of actor decision based on knowledge, experience, and good judgment. And the reason why I love that definition is because wisdom isn't something you have. Mm-hmm. It's an act or a decision. So it's actually something that is shared. Okay. And I know that sounds like, oh, he's just parsing out the differences. Like, no, no, no. We don't, we, we are in a culture, especially in West, Western culture of accumulating things. And let's accumulate a big stack of things. And that makes me feel secure. And it's like, no, no, no. When you give that wisdom out is when it is, when it truly is wisdom. When you give that knowledge or experience or good judgment, you, you give that to the world. And the other thing about, I love about that definition of wisdom is that it's soundness. Mm-hmm. And the soundness is two things. One is it doesn't move. It's immovable. So it's, so, so it's an act or decision that's immovable. Mm-hmm. And it's also soundness is also soundness is what you hear. So that's where I, one of the phrases that I use uh, with my, in my community is wisdom isn't wisdom until it's shared. Yeah. So to take that kind of into our, our business world, if you take good judgment, good judgment actually means to consider diverse options. Okay. Which is one of your philosophies. Yeah. Is to look at options. And, yeah. and, and that's yeah. what good judgment means. So, so, so we just need more of this wisdom in the world where we're sharing our knowledge, our, our experiences and our good judgment. And I don't know, I'm not seeing a lot of that in our culture today. And, and part yeah. of wisdom is to kind of slow down and really consider what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it coming from a really sound base? All the consulting is, is helping a client make a string of sound decisions. Mm-hmm. And so how do you craft those? How do you help make those? How do you help align with those? And really you're imparting wisdom at clients by helping them make a string of, of sound decisions. So, so that's wisdom part okay. and humanity. You know, you, you think of humanity as that, which is human, but it actually is that which is humane, mm. which is another distinct difference. Humanity is means being compassionate or sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, in 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 your decisions or in your perspective, mm-hmm. so wisdom for humanity. The way I look at it as a movement is, and given the philosophies I gave you before and the obligations we have, yeah, it's about evolving our humanity. Yeah. So this is fascinating to me, and one of the reasons I wanted to not just talk with you but share you with others. Yeah. Thank you. Was here we are in a very high pressure corporate environment uh, where you're the cheetah that I'm having to run after and find <laughs> to get my work done. You had always been very, very thoughtful. I remember that you were very dedicated to what I'll call a spiritual practice that I want you to talk about in just a moment. Mm. And it really has always been in you through this time. It isn't that you just popped up on the other side and and created a movement called Wisdom for Humanity. Mm. It's somehow been in you even living the high pressure work life. Could you talk to us a little bit about when you were that executive in a high-pressure corporate environment, how this journey was evolving within you to get here? Where we are now in our lives, we, we, we can probably say, we can articulate in that some way and say, my through line, the, the thing that has been in my life all the time that has allowed me to knock down barriers, to uh, make core decisions that have taken me through a very diverse set of experiences or maybe homogeneous decisions and experiences, but they brought you to where you are. 
that mm-hmm. through line is uh, a definition of you and yours is unique. Mm-hmm. Every person's is unique. And so what I would say is, I think I got a hold of that through line earlier in my life mm-hmm. that allowed me to stay true to that kind of true north of what my purpose was in my life. And I would articulate that now as building a better world for future generations. Mm. That's a part of wisdom for humanity. Mm-hmm. When you ask, take me back to my consulting days, I would say uh, I always had, I call a Trojan horse. Okay. And and for the for the folks that, you know, the myth of the Trojan horse is that you you sneak the Trojan horse into this, you know, hostile environment, if you will. Yeah. And then you crawl out and then you, then you do your thing. And so my Trojan horse from the very beginning was having authentic interactions with people. Okay. And so as long as I could do that, and then, then somehow they have a significant impact. Mm-hmm. And I really believe if you show up authentically as yourself, mm-hmm. That your superpower comes out, you shine boldly, and then something moves in the world. And I think that's what made me a preeminent consultant mm. with my own brand. Yeah, that is very, very true. I may not evaluate highly with everybody else that I'm being compared to, mm-hmm. but I always had this thing. It's like, I don't know where to put Mosier, but he's <laughs> really important for our practice. So we'll keep him this year. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't measure up the way other people do. And I was fine with that because mm-hmm. I knew what I was about. And it was really, you know, going in and doing the authentic exchange. Mm-hmm. And I think that made me wake up every Monday morning and loving my job. Yeah. I could definitely attest that I felt your verve for your job. <laughs> I, I do. I, I, was, I, I was around it and I believe it when you say it. You also were odd in a way. Because you were about the only person I had ever known at the time who took a three-week vacation. Like, what? How on earth can you go away for three weeks? And then not only were you going away for three weeks, you were going away to spend time on sacred ground with the Lakota people. How how long have you been doing this? Wow. Uh, Gosh, this year will be 30 years. My Oh, that gives me chill bumps. Yeah. I, I I had remembered it had been a very long time. So this is clearly in you. It's in your DNA. You found yeah. time for the thing that was important for you to do. What yeah. is what is this experience? Yeah. Well, um, so let me explain that in the next four hours. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> buckle buckle up. Yeah, buckle up, folks. No, t- t- seriously. Uh, it, it it's a deep experience. So it does take. A while to explain it, but I'll, I'll do the best I can with it. Here mm-hmm. is is um, I got asked thirty years ago to participate in in these ceremonies. Mm. For me, what I look at is that was I love these left turns you take in life. Mm. You know, and and you know I don't take them all in my life, but every once in a while there's this left turn that you take, and it's like, oh, yeah, I got asked to do this. That sounds wild. I've never let me let me do that. And I think when you do those things, and and I'll say this as a part of things, when you do something that the algorithm wouldn't predict for you, mm. you can find these authentic pieces of yourself that you didn't know exists. Yeah. And so I got asked to go out by by a, a person that I knew from college, 
and he was doing shamanic work. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. I can spell it, I think. And so uh, we went out there and I spent this three weeks 30 years ago. And I found a connection with that of something I never knew existed in, in my heart and soul. Wow. And the rich experience I had with these people, a different cut of the world that I yeah. had with these people was just so different. Yeah. And uh, and then being on the res, uh, Pine Ridge Reservation at one time was the second poorest county in the country. So, mm. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult place uh, in that regard too. But the, one of the things to share with you about that too is that how they listen to elders is very different than how we do that in Western society. And so uh -huh. one of the things that was really important for me is to see the grandmothers and the grandfathers and how they, yeah. how they directed things and how they were respected. So, so that was a, an opening for me. But also, I think what you're getting at too is every time I went out there, every year I went out there, it radically changed how I did my consulting work. Wow. You know, I'm an organization design guy. I'm a, I'm a decision-making expert. I'd go out there and I'd watch how decisions get made. I'm like, wow, this is fascinating. This is not how things are done in corporate America. Mm. So, uh, so I would transfer those things as best as I could. Yeah. What do you think of the expression, bring your whole self to work? I might say that a little differently. Okay. I would say, bring your authentic self to work. Okay. Showing up as your most authentic self, I think would be, for me, a little bit more accurate than your whole self. Yeah, I understand. It's a very very fair point. You mentioned earlier that you called this um, experience the algorithm. <laughs> this was against the algorithm of what you would yeah. normally be doing. And yeah. so this, it popped into my head that you're the woo-woo engineer. Yeah. Right? Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. The woo-woo engineer. Back to your complexity, your beautiful yeah. complexity. So you have something in your Wisdom for Humanity practice that is called Significant Impact Planning. Yep. Can you share a little bit about that? I think that this is something that listeners can take away. Significant impact. If you think about the word, you know, how would you define it? You know, put, put, put in your brain some things of what it, what it means to you just right now as you're thinking about it. Now, again, I'm, I'm a words guy. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take those two words. Impact is actually a physics term. Remember, mm -hmm. I'm a chemical engineer. It's an impact term. Mm -hmm. And it's the kinetic energy transferred from one object to another. And that's what we do. So we have impact on each other. Yeah. And so part of that is how much energy are you bringing to work? Mm -hmm. How much kinetic energy are you bringing? And, and in what form is that? And is it effective in helping your objects, the people mm -hmm. you interact with, move? Or think about it as the energy you bring to a project and does the project move? Mm -hmm. Or to a movement or an organization, does the organization move? So, so I think about that as how we show up as leaders is, is all about the impact we want to have. So, so that's the impact part. Okay, I love it. Now, here's the significance part. So what does significance mean? And people can go like, oh, the Dalai Lama is significant. This is significant. That's significant. I go statistical on this one. Okay. Statistical definition of significance is deviating from norm or expectation. Okay. It's really hard to lead from the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and so in some ways, just to by being a leader, you're defining yourself as a deviant. Mm -hmm. 
you're out in front. You so there's nobody around you. Mm-hmm. And I hear so much about how it's so lonely at the top. Well, you do that, you did it wrong. But but if you think <laughs> about like leadership, you're deviating from that norm or expertise. You did something different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But then you're also staying within the guardrails to have impact. Yeah. You're not marginalized in the process. And and Donna, you knowing knowing my career, man, I always was on that, you know, I'd go over the guardrails like, yeah, I need to reel it back in because I, I want to have impact too. And yeah. I got to stay within the guardrails, but I want to push the guardrails back a little bit as I go. Yeah. So then I think of that as is four components give us the ability to do that. The first one we've talked about is is honing the talent, honing your superpower. Mm-hmm. You got to know who you are, what your superpowers are. If you can't name your superpower mm-hmm. or the, your superpowers, you're probably not articulating them in the world to distinguish yourself from others very well. So part of that is knowing that, mm-hmm. and I help people do that. Yeah. The second part I'd say is what's your story? I think storytelling is so important for people. Yeah. And I'm already telling a few stories here, but but being able to tell a story I think of that as bottled wisdom. Mm. You know, if you look at all the ancient spiritual and religious texts, they tell parables. They're all, most of the stuff is in stories. Yeah. The third part is I call activating community. And and activating community, gosh, in my world, sales and marketing, that's activating a community. So to be very blunt about it, but activating community could be um, your family. It could be your neighborhood. It could be, uh, the the not-for-profit that you work with. Yeah. So how do you do that really well? And that's all about authentic interactions that you have with people. And the last piece, the fourth piece of, of significant impact is, I think, is, is building a business blueprint and architecture and implementing on that and living into that life mission that you are. So having that North Star out there, I think is really important to have that significant impact too. So that's how I think about significant impact. You said as a business, but you mean for yourself? architecting that blueprint as an individual or as a business, or it can be for both? Yes, both. Got it. Got it. You're already doing a part of it here today, activating a community just here with us in the MeSuite community. So it's such a such a wonderful example. We like to close with a MeSuite sweetener, something that listeners could do differently on Monday. I'm going to break the rules a little bit and give you two of them. I will happily take two. So, so one is uh, that it isn't my original. It's actually a friend of mine, Charlie Caldwell. Mm-hmm. And I love this. And it's, it goes like this. Every interaction is an opportunity to serve. Mm. I love that. Yeah. And so I go to a restaurant. It's an opportunity to serve. I, Donna, I go to the dentist. <laughs> and I, I, before I walk through the door, I pause before I walk through the doors and I go like, how am I going to serve these people today? Wow. And you know what? They're in people's mouths and, and, you know, nobody likes them because they, they hurt them and, you know, they brush their teeth, you know, they put the things in here and it hurts Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And my thing is I go in there and I stop before I go through the door every time, before I put my hand on the door, I go, I'm going to be their best customer today. Wow. And I walk through the door. And, and now, because I do that, I walk through the door and people go like, oh, hi, Mr. Mosher. Hi, Patrick. Uh-huh. And I was like, hi. And, you know, I'm back. And they're like, oh, we're glad to have you here. But but part of that is I get that reception because yeah. I give that to them. Yeah. And I like that because sometimes when I work with people on intentionality, they can sometimes fear that it's manipulative a little bit. Mm, yes. 
right? Where, what is my intention? And is, is it manipulative or inauthentic or deceptive? Uh, and this is very, very pure oh, and constructive. It, it yeah. We're, we're in a strange world and, and, and I'll get to my second one in just a second, but we're yeah. in a strange world where the words influence and persuasion are dirty words. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I'm sorry, but you wake up and you make your hair up a certain way because you're trying to persuade people to right. see you a certain way. Right. So we're persuading all the time. We're influencing all the time. Right. The thing that we have to be mindful of is, to your point, is what's the intention of that persuasion? Mm-hmm. Persuasion and influence aren't the negative thing. It's the intention of it that, yes. that can be good or bad. So we get yeah. we get off track on that a lot. Persuasion yeah. is a good thing. We do it every yeah. day. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so the second sweetener for this is, and I said this earlier on, you can find your authentic self by doing something that an algorithm couldn't predict. Mm. How would I start doing that on Monday? Because I've done so many things in my life. It could just be walk through the dentist's door and say, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the best customer they've ever had. Mm-hmm. That could be something that's radically different than you've done before. And the algorithm wouldn't predict that for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go home tonight and, you know, let's just say you drive home and, and I'm going to, I'm going to stop in, in the driveway. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take five really deep breaths. Okay. And I'm not going to take work home to my significant other tonight. Wow. I'm going to really listen to my teenager tonight. Okay. Those might be changing the algorithm. The algorithm wouldn't predict that because you've come home every day yeah. for 17 years, walked yeah. through the door and said, <laughs> and, and the person says, how's it going? It's like, oh, I had, I, it was great. It was bad, but work comes into the house. Maybe today you don't do that. Yeah. And the algorithm can't predict left turns. Yeah. And my belief is the more authentic you are, the more compassionate you are and the more we aren't, the computers can't predict mm. that. And that's what makes us human is, is your unique, your uniquity is what makes mm. you, you know, different than anybody else and different than computers. So those are my two sweeteners. I love them. And there is nobody else like you, Patrick. This is super clear. <laughs> your uniquity is obvious. And that's what makes it so, so special. So I really appreciate you sharing these experiences with the MeSuite community. And you have inspired me uh, this evening. I already have my idea. I'm going to take a left turn. Nice. Thank you. And with that, you're going to change humanity. Thank you for that. This is Patrick Mosier, everybody. Thank you, Donna. Until the next topic, this is Donna Peters. Thank you for joining me in the Me Suite. 